0: All right, we are live in Las Vegas for Oracle Cloud World, and I'm here with Chris Muley, Group Vice President of Applications at Oracle. Chris, welcome. Thanks, Nehar. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Yeah. So, um, so Chris, tell everybody about yourself and what you do with Oracle.
1: Yeah, I've been with Oracle for 26 years in January. I started as an SC. I now lead our supply chain and EPM and governance and risk uh, sales consulting team for North America. Based out of Jersey, I'm a lifer, as they say.
0: Yeah, it's been yeah. many, many years. And I know yeah. we've had an opportunity to work together in the past and, yeah. you know, uh, definitely appreciate the team uh, that you have and the support that you guys have brought to a lot of our deals. So yeah. thanks for being here today. And, you know, really what we wanted to talk about today was, you know, what is EPM and what is supply chain for folks that may not know? Can you lay, lay break it down for, you know, the common man?
1: Yeah, I think fundamentally in EPM, it's about... Planning, consolidating, reporting financial Uh, results—it's really everything financial, generally speaking. Anywhere I I tell people, anywhere money's in play, EPM is also in play, right? It's you know your checkbook. How much do I have? How much am I spending? Um, That is, in a nutshell, all about EPM. Supply chain is what you make and 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 how you produce it, how you manage demand and supply and the supply base. Um, So there's a lot of crossovers uh, between them. So we'll you know we might talk a little bit about that, but between we call operational planning you know the manufacturer side do i have the right source resources the right supply base the right raw materials to the financial can i meet the estimates of the street for a public company and those two sides of the business coming together so that they can both optimize and be efficient in their operations
0: and so how did you get involved in this space
1: uh dumb luck uh to be honest yeah i i it's a great story over beers but uh Yeah, a friend of mine took my resume right out of college. Um, I was able to join about three months after graduate. Well, I actually started with Oracle six months after graduating with my undergraduate in finance into a training program called the Scholar Program. Um, They trained me for six months. We talked about it as the apprentice before the apprentice. They were evaluating us on an eight-week cycle, and either you made it or you didn't, and uh, here I am 26 26 years later.
0: Wow. I actually have an interesting uh, similar story because I got hired out of a company right out of college. And Hyperion was my first job and I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's right? about right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. now several years later, now that it's EPM, you know, how have you seen the products evolve and you know, how have they come together along with ERP, supply chain, EPM? How do these all fit together?
1: Yeah, well, I'll I'll say the, the interesting part is I started my career competing against Hyperion. Ah. So with the teams I've led for the last 15 years, that's kind of been part of the joke. A lot of people say, Oh, you must be a Hyperion guy. I go, actually, no, I was competing with Hyperion to start my career, and Oracle pivoted. Out of that business a little bit in the early 2000s, and I I moved into other areas of Oracle. I was doing CRM, sales consulting. I was doing supply chain, um, order management, and pricing configuration. Um, but o- fundamentally, all of these are functional processes. They're the things we do to run a business, right? Whether you're doing accounting, you're planning for your manufacturer, you're processing orders, you're you know configuring something uh, for business to consumer consumption. It's just kind of running a business and all the steps in right. there um, have to come together if you're going to do it well.
0: Right. And so when you're talking to customers about their journey to the cloud and specifically around you know, EPM and supply chain, how do you know when to start or what to do first? <laughs> I don't think there is
1: a right answer to that, <laughs> to be honest, right? Um, unless you're starting with a business that is um, starting at zero, yeah, they're already out the chute right? They're already, the car's already circling the track. The question is which, t- which tire is wobbling the most, generally speaking, and how can you uh, address the biggest pain? I mean, generally speaking, people are really more focused on close because it is so tightly regulated, right? Sure. You have a, a governing body that mandates you do it well. So in EPM, I think consolidation and close are the ones that are the highest uh, priority because they are, again, they they are mandated and regulated. And they have to be done the right way. There's there's just no room for negotiation. Planning is a little bit more art than science, right? right? And planning can spread out across you know any functional domain. I'm planning marketing dollars. I'm planning you know events like this can land in a, in a planning application as well as your annual plan. How much revenue will I produce? What what projects do I invest in? As we stare out on the horizon and see MGM's three billion dollar uh, project being spun up, somebody put a sheet together in a planning application, they're a customer, by the way, uh, to, to plan for that. And there's a lot of money at play. And so the planning function is something that um, everybody has to do to keep track of what did I say I was going to spend on something? How much did I actually spend? And it, did it did it yield the return I was hoping?
0: Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense because you definitely got to get the statutory and the things that you have to get in the regulatory type stuff. Yep. Done first, and then you can focus on the nice to have, or maybe the yeah. forward-looking type of things. So um, let's talk a little bit more about those different suites of products, right? So you, you've got the close and accounting side. Mm-hmm. What all makes up that portfolio of products? Yeah, so so classic
1: consolidation and close. I think, you know, those coming from the the world of HFM, this is how you close the books, right? This is how uh, after everything, after you've closed a quarter, closed a year. How do I account for everything? How to make sure I've followed all the appropriate rules um, so that I can then report, which is part of it. Your XBRL tagging and your external reporting, things like narrative reporting are part of that package. How do I create the right tax provisions? So I have a tax component as part of the solution. How to reconcile balances across multiple systems or transactions from an operational perspective. So it's that entire footprint of Closing consolidate, reconcile tax provision, and then ultimately report out
0: okay okay and and the planning and budgeting suite of tools what 's available there?
1: Uh, planning and budgeting is you know a full feature suite of of um, integrated processes, so when we think about planning, as I said, planning has a lot of flavors, and more and more um, as we see the the price of technology come down as we 've moved to cloud technology is so much more available than it was 15 or 20 years ago mm-hmm. right in the old days you had to buy hardware and the hardware was not cheap you know I remember i remember i guess i'm old enough to to say it out loud a terabyte of storage was massive a terabyte of storage 25 years ago cost a million dollars wow. now i can go to best buy and buy a terabyte for about 75 wow. right so this the cost of computing has come down so low especially with cloud that people can do more and more and more. So your classic use cases are things like strategic planning, you know, five-year horizons, hundreds of millions of billion dollars in play, um, trying to get a view for where your business is going in the long term, moving into your annual operating plan, your quarterly forecasting, your rolling forecasts. That's just kind of the meat and potatoes. Then you get into things, you know, two topics that I'm pretty excited about now. Actually, I'll call it three, labor, capital, cash flow. You know, with the economy doing what it's doing right now, as we move into the world of um, tighter budgets, higher mm-hmm. inflation, higher rates, FP&A organizations are going to be under pressure to squeeze. Um, they're going to have to find a way to make margins when maybe the revenues don't land where they have the last few years. So, I think you're going to see a, a big push in that in that project capital. Uh, labor and workforce uh, domain, along with things like cash flow. So, you know, if you can afford the big projects we talked about out the window here.
0: Right. When we're all getting money from the government, it's a lot easier to spend. <laughs> that's than it right. Is now we have to justify a lot yes, more, right? That's right. So what are some of the industries that you think are going to have some of those squeezes happening? Oh,
1: that's a good question. Um, I think all the big uh, people businesses are going to have to really keep an eye. I think consulting is a tough one because that's one of the first areas that people cut back on. Unfortunately, um, I think for, that's usually a short term uh, vision. Is when you cut back too aggressively on projects during whether it's a pandemic or a, a recession or a or a slowdown. Um, some the best companies usually speed up. They kind of they speed into that curve and go. I'm going to take care of it now while things are slow, so I'm ready when things improve. Um, But I don't know if anyone's going to come away um, where they want to, right? It's slowing down, generally slows down everything. Some businesses will always persist. Healthcare is not going to go anywhere. Higher ed is probably back on the rebound. Uh, Manufacturing, they're already dealing with a lot of struggles in supply chain. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the cost pressures there are going to make it really, really tough. If you're a manufacturer with low margins and your cost basis goes up on everything you produce, Right. It makes it hard to run a business. So Absolutely. So I think manufacturing is going to have to really get creative with how they plan and and and, and more um, thoughtful about where they invest. I right. think obviously you continue to invest, but you have to be more thoughtful about it, more diligent about how you plan for those things.
0: Yeah. I'm sure you've seen the article or have probably read something online about how 96% of CEOs and CFOs think that there's a recession coming. What's the situation at Oracle? Is that the same kind of settlement?
1: I think, yeah, I think you probably could count our leadership in that that's you know every indication inflation rates, you know the fed bumping rates, I think they're up to their third, yep, I think they I don't know if they did the the last, but they're talking about another seventy five basis point bump um these are some of the biggest bumps we've seen um historically, so yeah, I think it's getting a little bearish out there. Right, but we're excited about the business. Um, we just had a record quarter. Uh, we just came out of a record revenue quarter.
0: Congratulations. Um,
1: the business. Thank you. The business is really growing, and I think the one thing I've seen through 26 years in this industry is this isn't the first downturn I've seen, and it's it will be. We'll come out of this the one just as we have out of the others. Uh, but generally, what you see is a flight. I call it the flight. You, you'll what you'll hear on CNBC or Squawk Box is a flight. to value, mm-hmm. right? What you'll find is. Customers start getting more conservative with who they invest with. I talked about being diligent with your investments. Um, Oracle's in a great position because, one, we're financially stable. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not going anywhere. I don't expect us to be acquired. Um, And that means we're a safe bet. And so customers at least can have a lot of faith when they invest in us um, that we'll be here and we'll be able to support them. Where others... You can't always say that, Sure. right? This is a market, if I pr- pull it back to e- the EPM market, and when when cloud pivoted about eight, 10 years ago, um, we saw nearly a dozen EPM niche vendors show up. You know, they all had high hopes of replacing Hyperion after they were acquired, replacing business objects after they were acquired, replacing, replacing, replacing. Maybe half of them are left, Um You've seen people like Adaptive Acquired, Toma Bravo take in a plan private, not necessarily a great indicator, generally speaking, of your your health. Um, others who are struggling to launch their businesses the way they may have wanted to. So, you know, you start to see the SAPs and the Oracles and the Workdays uh, be a safer choice. Um, we just have, happen to be in a great position that we're safe and we're really, really good. Our software is in really good shape. Um, The EPM product line, the supply chain product lines are really, really strong. They deliver great value for customers. And so I think customers will give us a good look uh, when we're
0: being evaluated. So you might even say that Oracle's kind of counter-cyclical to the rest of the market in some respects. If you guys had a record quarter um, and same time, we're still predicting a downturn, it seems like that's not affected you guys as much. Well, our business is more diversified than a lot of the people. So, as we, you know, we're here talking about EPM, but
1: Oracle is so much bigger. Um, our core ERP business, you know, we made ma- massive investments in rewriting for Fusion a decade ago, closer to 12 or 15 years ago, we started this journey. So, our cloud transition is way more mature than mm-hmm. a lot of our competitions. Um, so, our products are ready, our... our Infrastructure in terms of sales organizations is ready. our support organizations are mature <clears throat> so we're i don't know if we're counter cyclical, but we're we're more recession proof than most because we're we are built for that right? right there's there's a few dollars in the bank to help us stave off risk um investments have been made over time. It's not like we're starting now, which is good um and like I said, I think customers are are more diligent now about who do we want to be in business with Mm -hmm. so that they're there? God forbid things go
0: really bad. We absolutely count, you know microsoft sap oracle yeah ibm you know especially with these mission critical applications right yeah. because yeah. no matter if it's an up or down economy you still have to report the numbers to wall street still have to report right?
1: yeah still have to run the business absolutely you want yeah. to make sure that when you call support
0: somebody's there exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 you mentioned the the other vendors that have come in and out of the marketplace throughout the years you know what are some of the things that you see that lasting vendors do that some of the ones that come in and out may not have gotten quite right yet I think those that last constantly
1: grow beyond their core. Um, it's it's almost impossible, in my opinion, to be um, viable in the long term as a one-trick pony. Um, planning, as an example, if I if I pull back to EPM, AnaPlan a great company with a very good product, but that's all they do is planning. And at some point, you saturate the market. At some point, you lose the growth that you were in business to drive in the first place. Um, And so generally what they do is one of two things. They go on an acquisition binge Hmm. or... They start raising prices. I think Blackline was one of those that saw that, right? They're a reconciliations company. That is fundamentally what they do. They, they've never really moved into the consolidation space, never moved into the planning space, never into core ERP, obviously, right? They're a, a niche solution. And at some point, your market gets saturated, and it's hard to drive growth. And if you can't drive growth, your shareholders as a public company or your shareholders, if you're owned by private equity, start trying to squeeze on margin. Right. And either you raise your prices to match or you start cutting costs. If you're cutting costs, that means less people selling, supporting, and developing your product line. And then you start to stagnate even further as the bigger players who have a more steady stream of income double down and and start passing you at a faster rate in terms of innovation cycles.
0: Yeah, it's definitely important to diversify. But at the same time, you know, some companies try to diversify too quickly. Yeah. And that can also be, you know, a challenge for them as well, right? It's fair,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Oracle's done a, w- a really good job at being able to do that by buying all these companies really? and kind of repackaging the tools in the cloud. Yep. Um, you know, what are the what are the key ingredients for for Oracle specifically for success and diversifying? Um, is it is the fact that you were able to acquire a company and rebuild it? Um, how, are you adding new products or new solutions to the EPM and supply chain capabilities? Yep. Can you talk more about that?
1: Yeah, it's a big question. I think, you know, our acquisitions were obviously we went on a a huge acquisition binge, but that's I think for those of us who have been in the industry and been in the market, time flies when you're having fun, they say that was nearly 15 years ago. Wow. Right. PeopleSoft, I think, was 15 or 16 years years ago. Hyperion was 15 years ago. That was a long time ago. That's right. right? Um, So, yeah, we acquired a lot of companies and. Either we rationalized uh, the footprint into you know a common platform, or we re- rebuilt it with Infusion, or re- rebuilt it to be more cloud ready, as we did in EPM. Right, planning moved pretty quickly. Close was rearchitected for the cloud. Um, but that's you know I think that set us up for the long term. Um, and I, I missed the second half of your question there.
0: Now, just curious, um, you know whether or not you're investing in new functionality and new products yep. Yep. in addition to just, you know, kind of rebuilding and replatforming yeah. what you bought already. Yeah, yeah.
1: no, uh, great question. Thanks for f- refreshing my memory there. Yeah, there's a couple of things I'm pretty excited about. And and so we're doing all of it, right? We are continue to pull people off of their on-prem footprints, and there's still a lot of that. You know, there's still a lot of hesit- hesitancy to the cloud. Um, I think it's interesting, though. Like, we have one customer who just came to us aggressively after unfortunately having a data breach. The only system that wasn't breached was their Oracle Cloud systems. They were incredibly nervous about security and the only thing that held as they had dealt with a ransomware attack was Oracle Cloud. Now they're coming back and buying more because they missed it. Um, But new capabilities, I think the flow planning is something that's going to be released, I believe early calendar. I can't speak specifically for the release dates, but I believe that's early calendar next year. Um, which is exciting. Uh, treasury and, and uh, cash flow planning is something that everyone gets you know excited about. Cash is king, especially in right. a downturn. Um, I'm trying to think what else we've got kind of on the roadmap here. I read There's
0: something a, about IPM is, or.
1: Yeah, yeah. IPM has been released for about six months, and that's kind of a continuous innovation cycle for us. But um, we call it intelligent perform- performance management. It's exciting because of what it does for businesses, it's about automating the anal the the analysis aspect of the planning and the planning and analysis cycle you know we spent a, about a decade trying to automate data loads and data quality, you know getting the data in that's easy. We should be able to do that quickly and clean that up. That's what technology does so that we could hand it to people so they could analyze it i p m is all about saying, no, I got that covered for you. I'll analyze the data when I get it, and I'll tell you what needs to be addressed
0: so what you're saying is that the software is analyzing the data yeah. Yep, on the way in. Okay.
1: Yeah, using AI and ML. We're using algorithms on the way in to do things like evaluate you know, um, tolerance ranges. So if there's a variance and a negative, right, my expenses are higher than I want in a certain category as opposed to hunting and pecking and doing report after report to identify where that variance is, the system will surface that for you dynamically and then allow you to make adjustments directly from that insight.
0: It's interesting because you yeah. mentioned that you know every every business plans differently. Some care more about labor costs. Some care more about cash, or project expenses, yeah. or capital. How does the system know what data my user cares about?
1: Well, you set up. You're going to tell it what data you care about. What categories do I want to evaluate or have the system monitor on the way in? So you're going to tell tell the system what metrics, what entities, what orgs. You know where where do I want you watching. Okay. And when that data comes in, it runs through the algorithms on the back end to identify the exceptions.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that frees up a lot of time for people. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, we're It's still so early. I think, you know, the, the,
1: the uptake on it is, is there's a lot of people sampling. Mm-hmm. I, I look forward to more adoption and usage, but I think it's such a paradigm shift in how those cycles work, right? it's going to take some time to realize that, you know, this is additive. This is accretive to what we do. It's not disruptive or, or displacing the people side. It's giving them different things they can chase. Yeah. You know, so I'm excited about that.
0: And a lot of accounting organizations and finance organizations tend to be a little conservative when it comes to adopting things that take the control yeah. out of their hands. Yeah. So um, it's interesting that, um, you know, we can find a way to augment their responsibilities like that
1: yeah i think you know it's funny there's the there's the inherent fear of the machine um what i like about what we're doing is is it's not a matter of the machine taking over our forecasting algorithms being the forecasting algorithms it's just another perspective and that's the way i talk to customers about it is you know you're going to forecast the way you do and i'm going to forecast the way i do and the machine is going to have an evaluation of its own and ultimately you make the decision which is the right decision for your business but it's augmenting and it's additive. That's the way I think about it is just another – we talk about it as it's, you know, have and a folks in a box, right? We're giving you more uh, supply of resource um, just through the, the technology itself.
0: While removing the human bias from that decision-making, yeah, right? right, yeah. right. And we're all biased one way or the other. Of right? course, yeah. Yeah. Whether it's intentional or not. Yeah. yeah. And that's
1: exactly it. I mean, the un- unintentional bias is incredibly normal and natural. Right? Sure. We all just have a bias towards, let's say, our families. Yeah. Right. A good example. Yeah. I, I'm going to believe what my wife tells me because she's my wife. That's right. It's a bias. It's not a bad bias, but it's a bias
0: also. Well, you're a smart man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, what are some things that you're excited about when it comes to EPM future uh, roadmap, when it comes to new features, when it comes to the integration with supply chain?
1: yeah I'm excited. I mean, with my new role this year, I'm excited about having the supply chain team um, and having those applications as part of the platform. I think it's going to give us a lot of opportunity to cross over. Um, I love when we can start talking broader, more holistic messages, and we did that we did a lot of that with our projects when I had had the financials teams you know doing full cycle project evaluations. I have a client now who five years ago, I pitched on a full cycle strategic plan to value realization process around projects and capital planning. And last Thursday, they called and said, We really want to do this value realization piece. I said, Cool. I talked about that with you five years ago. Let's go do it. Um, So, when you can cross over from planning to execution to value realization, as an example, you really start seeing the benefit of these systems. And that's exciting. And I think the same is going to be true when we cross over with supply chain. Tying supply and demand planning, pricing with financial planning um, more effectively and more efficiently is just going to make the cycles. flow more, you know, more productively and put cash in the right position to help companies be, you know, their best.
0: An extremely relevant topic right now with supply chain planning and the shortage that we've been seeing, you know, when you go out to the store nowadays and price of lettuce costs $5. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, um... You know, one of the things at Cloud World that we've heard a lot about is, you know, the kind of integrated finance and supply chain experience. Is there a roadmap to connect finance and supply chain planning from a principal's perspective? Because yep. it seems like, you know, if we have a planning tool and we're playing different types of data elements, at some point they should be integrated because they're all going to the bottom line. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. yeah again, that's something that we've seen um, speed up the last couple of years. So whether it was the projects team talking to Mark Seawald about how core projects and and project planning and the EPM platform can can be integrated more tightly, that project's underway. Um, the governance and risk, our compliance team, our audit functionality is now working with our consolidation and close organization to tie those components more tightly together. And I've been working with the supply chain team for years, and we have some, some again, on the planning side, Mark Seawald, working with the demand and supply uh, planning teams to tie out and put a at least a framework around, we talk about it, the starts and stops, uh, where does one stop and the next start. Um, so that we can efficiently lay out here's the architecture because it isn't a one size fits all world. There's not one tool that does everything for everybody. It Doesn't exist. Does not exist. So you have to put the right tool in the right hand at the right time to make the right decision. So, you know, in those three examples, you know, those are projects that are up underway. Those are development teams um, that are already working together. So it's nice to see that kind of cross pillar is what we used to talk about it at Oracle's cross pillar, the ERP pillar, the supply chain pillar. We're we're breaking a lot of those walls down, um, which I'm ecstatic about. Like I'm so excited that we're not talking about the pillars. These are just processes that business owners have. Right. Right. If I'm going if I'm a CAO or a CFO, I don't care about EPM or ERP. I care about closing my books, driving a plan. That's it. Right. And so regardless of the screen or the acronym of the platform that delivers it, I just want to run my business and I want those processes to be more seamless. So it's nice to see those barriers fall. In in fact, we're starting to see them um, fall internally at Oracle around our our, um, industry GBUs. So Oracle, Mm -hmm. uh, probably less talked about in our horizontal domain, but we went out and made some major acquisitions in the in, in the industries Um, specific applications that are relevant to industrial functions. In the financial services space, we have a financial services GBUs for things like loan origination or policy origination and anti-money laundering, right? Those are extremely Mm industry-specific. In retail, things like assortment planning and merchandise planning, those were acquisitions that were gigantic and and stood alone because they delivered very specific industry capability. Um, as recently as three days ago, I had a conversation between the RGBU team and our EPM team to talk about how we can start tying core AOP and budgeting together with the merchandise financial planning and assortment planning uh, functions in the, in the retail world. So we're now moving more towards, you hear Larry talk about re, uh, industry clouds. Right. That's where we're heading is all of the assets, all of the applications, horizontal and vertical and technology-based coming together to deliver everything you could possibly need in a a specific industry segment.
0: To create a real solution instead of just a product, right? to solve the problem, not to talk about what
1: domain am I addressing, but I know how you run a business and I'm going to lay out the software and not have you host it. I'm going to manage all of it for you in the back end. So all you have to do is use it. You know, Larry talked 15 years ago about computing moving more towards a utility function Mm -hmm. i should be able to turn on like i turn on a light turn the switch on and have the capability i need to run my business and that's the direction we're moving it's going to take a long time but it's getting closer and closer
0: yeah, well, we definitely see some of those writings on the wall today. So, yep. you know, I think uh, the progress that you guys have made is fantastic and really appreciate you coming out here today. Yeah, it's been great. I think it's a great way to end the conversation.
1: Yeah, man. We'll see you all come to together soon. Great all to right? see you in
0: Vegas. Yeah. Appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. Thanks for coming out.